Part two, chapter two of Dr. Izard by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part two, the man with the dog. Chapter two, Hadley's cave. On the first day of June, 1892, there could be seen on the highway near the small village of Hamilton a dusty wanderer with a long beard and rough, unkempt hair. From the silver streaks in the latter, and from his general appearance and feeble walk, he had already passed the virile point of life, and had entered upon, or was about to enter upon, the stage of decrepitude. And yet the eyes which burned beneath the grey and shaggy brows were strangely bright, and had an alertness of expression which contradicted the weary bend of the head and the slow dragging of the rough-shod feet. His dress was that of a farm labourer, and from the smallness of the bundle which he carried on a stick over his shoulder, he had evidently been out of work for some time, and was as poor as he was old and helpless. At the junction of the two roads leading to Leddington and Wells, he stopped and drew a long breath. Then he sat down on a huge stone in the cross of the roads, and, drooping his head, gazed long and earnestly at the length of dusty road which separated him from the cluster of steeples and house-roofs before him. Was he dreaming or planning, or was he merely weary? A sound at his side startled him. Turning his head, he saw a dog. It was a very lean one, and its attitude as it stood gazing into his face with wistful eyes was one of entreaty. Come, it seemed to say, and ran off a few steps. The tramp, for we can call him nothing else, though there was a dash of something like refinement in his look and manner, stared for a moment after the animal, then he slowly rose. But he did not follow the dog. The disappointment of the latter was evident. Coming back to the man, he sniffed and pulled at his clothes, and cast such beseeching looks upward out of his all but human eyes, but the man, though naturally surly, was touched at last, and turned in the direction indicated by the dog. "'After all, why not?' he murmured, and strolled on after his now delighted guide up one of the roads to a meadow terminating in an abrupt and rocky steep. "'Why am I such a fool?' he asked himself, when halfway across the stubbly field. But at the short bark of the dog, and the irresistible wagging of the animal's tail, he stumbled on, influenced, no doubt, by some superstitious feeling which bade him regard the summons of this unusually sagacious beast as an omen he dared not disregard. At the foot of the rocks he, however, paused. Why should he climb them at the bidding of a dog? But his guide was imperative, and pulled at his trousers so energetically that he finally mounted a short distance, when, to his surprise, he came upon a cave, into the entrance of which the dog plunged with a short sharp cry of pleasure and satisfaction. Hesitating to follow, the man stood for a moment gazing back upon the town and the stretch of lovely landscape before him. It was an outlook of great charm, but I doubt if he noticed its beauties. Some thought of an unpleasant and perplexing nature furrowed his brow, and it was with a start that he turned, when the dog, reissuing from the cave, renewed his blandishments, and by dint of bark and whine attempted to draw him into the opening before which he stood. What was in hiding there? Curiosity bade him look, but a certain not unreasonable apprehension deterred him. 
He finally, however, overcame his fear, if fear it was, and followed the dog, that no sooner saw him start toward the entrance than he gave a leap of delight and bounded into the cave before him. In another moment the man had entered also, and was looking around for the helpless or wounded human being whom he evidently expected to find. But no such sight met his eyes. On the contrary, he saw nothing but an empty cave with here and there a sign of the place having been used as a domicile at a recent date. In one corner was a litter of boughs from which the covering had manifestly been roughly torn, and in the ledges overhead were to be seen spikes of wood, upon which utensils had doubtless been hung. For amid the debris of broken rock beneath lay an old tin pan with the handle broken off. As there was nothing in this to interest the man, he turned and kicked at the inoffensive beast who had lured him out of his path on such a fruitless errand. But the latter, instead of resenting this harshness, only renewed his previous antics, and finally, succeeded by them in reattracting the man's attention, led the way to a remote corner of the cave, where the shadows were thickest. Here he stood with his paws raised against the rocky sides, looking up over his head, and then back at the man in a way which left no doubt as to his meaning. He wanted the man to climb, and when the man approaching saw the few rocky steps that had been hewn out of the wall, his curiosity was renewed, and he lent himself to the effort, old as he was, and tired with many a long hour of tramping in the summer sun. Above him he perceived a dark hole, and into this he presently thrust his head, but the darkness which he encountered was so impenetrable that he would have instantly retreated had he not remembered the box of matches which kept guard with an old pipe in a certain pocket of his red flannel shirt. Taking out this box, he struck a match and, as soon as the first dazzling flash was over, perceived that he was in a small but well-furnished room, stocked with provisions and containing many articles of domestic use. This so surprised him that he withdrew in some haste, though he would dearly have liked to have made some investigation into the old chest of drawers he saw there, and had one peep at least into the odd long box which took up so much of the darkened space into which he had intruded. The dog was waiting for him below, and at his reappearance leaped and bounded with delight, and then lay down on the floor of the cave with such an inviting wriggle of the tail that the man understood him at last. It was a lodging that the dog offered him, a lodging which had been occupied by a former master, and which the faithful creature still watched over and hungered in, as his appearance amply showed. The man to whom a human being might have appealed in vain was grimly touched by this benevolent action on the part of a dog, and stooping quickly, he gave him a short caress, after which he rose and stood hesitating for a moment, casting short glances behind him. But the temptation, if it was such, to remain did not hold him long, for presently he motioned to the dog to follow him, and issuing from the cave began his weary tramp toward the town. The dog, with fallen tail and drooping head, trotted slowly after him, and this was the first adventure which met this man in the little town of Hamilton. End of chapter 2